three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This is the inaugural episode of the Kevin Segura Audio Experience. <laughs> In today's episode, I have for you an interview that I did uh, with some missionaries from Honduras when I was down there about a month ago in real time. Uh, their names are Ron and Shelly. They are a lovely couple. They've been living down there in Tegucigalpa, Honduras, which is the capital. They've been living down there for 20 years, uh, just living in the community and doing a lot of great things down there. They've built a lot of houses for people down there. They do a lot of food distribution. They have a couple clinics as well and some other things. We get into the, all this in the episode. But um, but yeah, I think it comes across that their heart is just really in the right place. And they're just lovely people. Uh, the name of the mission is called Hope for Honduras. I'll leave some links down below in the show notes uh, to their website if you would like to know more. And then also at the end of the podcast, we talk about um, a fundraiser that they're doing in October 2021. I'll leave some information down below for that as well if you're interested. Uh, I believe that is all. So without any further ado, I present to you Ron testing and Shelly of three. Hope for Honduras. Testing, testing. Hope you enjoy. Closer. A little more. We're not. <laughs> We're not afraid. Alrighty, here we are. This is exciting. Uh, very <laughs> this exciting. is actually my first episode. Oh, so really? I, I We're doing the first one. Really? Really? Awesome. Okay. Wow. You two lovely people. Right. Usually people start off at the bottom and work their way up. Yeah. <laughs> You're starting up here. Yeah, uh, I'm doing pretty well so far. <laughs> yeah, my first, I actually wanted to do an episode last week with Melissa before we came, and the one when we got back as like a before and after yes. talk about it, do one here and uh-huh. share that, but yeah. here we are. So uh, most people listening probably don't know who you are. Most people aren't listening uh, to begin with. But <laughs> <laughs> So who are y'all? Y'all are Shelly and Ron, but uh, tell me a little about, bit about yourselves. We're Ron and Shelly Jones. We are originally from Oklahoma, and we are working in Honduras as missionaries, have a nonprofit that we've been here 21 years. Well, why'd y'all choose here, Honduras? We, um, we came here with a team from Christ for the Nations Bible Institute in Dallas. Um, Shelly has family here, so she had been here before. I had never been out of the United States, I don't think. But um, we came here to help build an orphanage in a little village called Valley of the Angels. Oh, that's where we So that's what got us down here. Okay. And that was our first years. That was in 1995, I guess it was. When we first came on the mission trip, yes. And this started in 1999, Hope for Honduras? Hope for Honduras started in 99, right. Okay, so between those, that four-year gap, what... What move did y'all make to like get uh, down here It was our plan it? for me to go to Bible school for two years, mm-hmm. starting in 94. Over here uh, or in Dallas? In Dallas. Okay. And um, we had planned to just do a two-year uh, program at their school there mm-hmm. and then move to a mission field. We weren't sure where we were going at that time. But because Honduras was our first trip, my first trip, I fell in love with the country on our first on our first trip in '95, so we immediately started making plans to move, and we thought we would be moving down very quickly. God had other ideas. We ended up being on staff at Christ for the Nations, and I think we spent a total of five years there. So anyway, we we were there longer than we had anticipated, but God kept closing the doors until it was time to move. And then when it was time to move, the doors just flew open, and, and we, 
we got down here so quickly and so easily. It was it was an, a miracle, basically. So that's what took mm -hmm. the time. We were on staff, and sure. God was positioning us. Mm -hmm. There was a huge um, hurricane in that passed through Central America in 1998. And because of the place I was working at Christ for the Nations, I was able to send down shipping containers that helped out in the relief effort uh, here in Honduras. Because of how you're positioned. Because that, of that where I was at CFNI. And mm -hmm. had we moved, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been there. So yeah. it, Funny how that it, works. It, was God, it was God's plan. <laughs> yeah. So it all worked. Okay, so then you started here 20 some odd years ago. Mm -hmm. Can I ask how, were, how old y'all were then? 50 years old, yes. Okay, uh, so you're living from Dallas, y'all move over here. Yeah. Um, how did this all start? Like, obviously, now it's pretty big, 20 years, and this is my first time here. Y'all got quite a thing going, <laughs> quite a community. It's really awesome to see. Well, God's had his hand on our mission. You know, he's, um, he's caused people to be in our path that we would never would have dreamed of. And it was all perfect timing in every, in every instance. Um, our financial support. Unlike many missionaries, we've never really had to do a lot of fundraising. Uh, God just provided the money when it was time, you know, that we needed it. And it just grew from what we thought we were going to be working at the orphanage that we came to help build. Uh, that was only lasted for a year, and at that time we moved out and, and, for, and formed our own 501 and started building Hope for Honduras, and that's... The rest is history. Was the vision always to have, you said you wanted to start at the, the orphanage. Was the vision always to have some kind of something with kids because now you've got a school going? And Not really. We, um, my uh, forte is mechanical things and uh, carpentry things and building and that type of thing. That's, that why we were helping, that's why we were helping build the orphanage in Valley of the Angels because of, of my plumbing and electrical background. Um, so I, that was my plan, was keeping the orphanage operational. And Shelly is in the administrative side of everything, and so she was going to work on that. And um, so it wasn't directly for the kids, but, you know, you can't help but fall in love yeah. with the kids. So yeah. That's, that's all <laughs> so it just kind of developed into like a school, bilingual school. Exactly. Uh, well, yeah. yeah Summer go. camp, technically, because of... 21 years ago, we worked for the other ministry, and their vision kind of changed. And so we prayed and we felt like God was leading us to just go do something else and we didn't know what it was. But I was on a medical brigade in the south of the country and they did surgery on five kids that were from Magote. Mm. And we had built a house in Magote with the ministry that we were with before. So we knew where that was and we knew what they were going back to after the major surgeries, and they didn't have any aftercare. So there were skin grafts and, all, and uh, cleft lips and palates that were done, and they needed aftercare. But the medical brigade didn't provide that. And so I told the doctors, we know where that is. I'll drive up there. And they made me a little box of stuff to go do the aftercare. And I drove up there one day by myself, and there were not, it was not concrete like you see it now. It was, it was really off-roading. And it was the first 300 people that settled there after Hurricane Mitch. And so I drove in there, and a lady came up to the car and asked me if she could help me. And I told her I was looking for these five kids that had had surgery. So she took me to them, and 
I took care of them, and I went back the next day, and I told Ron, I think you should come up with me to see this. This may be where God is sending us. And he came up with me, and we've never left. <laughs> and for the first five years, it was just the two of us. The people in the Colonia were helping us, and um, we, fed, we decided we'd feed kids. And so we befriended this lady, and Ron fixed up her uh, kitchen, her little shack as a kitchen. And we cooked every morning and went out in the street just like you do today. And we've done that from the very beginning feed the kids in the street every morning, Monday through Friday. Yep. And then we started building houses for them. And um, when teams would start coming, they wanted to know, is there something else I can do to help uh, this kid that I fall in love with in the street? And we said, well, we can send them to a private school down below. Private school, not like what we think about in the States, but it was better than the public school next door. And they went there, but they needed help with their homework when they came back because they didn't understand anything. And so we started helping them with their homework, me and uh, Ron and several of the people that were the, just there uh, hanging around. And uh, we had started the building by then. It was 2005. And the next thing we knew, we were taking 80 kids out of the public school next door and sending them to that private school. And they'd come back to us every day for tutoring. And our heart was always to teach them English. But we just couldn't get there and until it was God's timing. And Nori and Ruben came on a team. And How long ago was that? Uh, eight, ten years ago. Oh, wow. And by Wednesday of the week they were here on the team, we knew we were to ask them to come help because they both had been in education, 30-plus years of education, and spoke Spanish. I didn't know that Nori was a trainer of uh, teachers for integrating Spanish-speaking kids into English-speaking programs. I had no that idea. That sounds perfect. It was <laughs> no, it perfect. Right. It, it was One perfect. of those God's timing. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say. And so we started this bilingual school together and now nine years later eight years later uh, it's what you see so we still have the tutoring program where the kids go down to the little private school and we have the we have 83 kids in the bilingual program now and we did the clinic in the streets in those early days out of the back of my car I did the um, taking care of boo-boos and we didn't realize gunshots and gang things like that uh, and we were building houses like crazy then and helping people with all kinds of just basic needs because that was the humanitarian effort we needed and we didn't tell them anything about Jesus at first we just lived it yeah. and helped them we didn't make them come listen to our sermon before we gave them food we fed them first and then really five years later we felt like we were supposed to start to church and you didn't get to meet pastor antonio but he was he's perfect it was it. never really our original intention to start a church we just wanted to be we wanted to be the church in the streets yeah absolutely. and so yes. god just put all the rest of it together and the church came along in its proper time so now we have the two clinics with 
Honduran doctors. Mm -hmm. So the first one's at the center, where's the second one? What? The first one's at the center, right? Yes, and the, the second, second one? one's in Cabanas. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. okay. It's in Cabanas. We, we expanded to Cabanas after we'd started a church there, and the Colonia just didn't have room for us up at the top, so we started looking for property, and we found that one. And um, so we have small groups. We don't do a community service, uh, and we didn't know that COVID was coming along, but yeah. the year before that, God had told us focus on the small groups and that's what pastor was doing and so we were able to continue when everything was shut down that's good because of some of the friendships that we had made at christ for the nations we were able to start bringing uh professors and teachers that would come and teach in our pastoral training center that that uh, pastor antonio operates and so at one time we had what 12 uh, pastors wasn't it at one at the oh wow yeah, 12 to 15 wow. yeah, pastors. So we're training pastors because a lot of them can't read or write. And so basically uh, we're training them in their, in their passion for, you know, bringing the gospel to their community. So um, it has just, you know, it just has grown and snowballed into things that we never the Bible Institute has two programs. One is the uh, basic Bible teaching. That's a three-year program that anyone can come to, and it's free. And we've had that since 2006 and graduated 35 people every year with that. And then we have the uh, church planting program that those 15 pastors are in, and, they, and that's in um, uh, conjunction with Clear Creek Community in League City. Okay. Um, and they help with that program to train those pastors to go out and plant other churches. That's really awesome. So the whole COVID thing has brought about the need for the home churches. The home churches are what actually work in our, in our area more than trying to build a big church to accommodate a whole bunch of people. So, um, you know, we have 15 pastors. Mm -hmm. 15 home churches you know yeah. that that rotate through the area so i think a lot more people are probably exposed to the gospel that way than any other way we could have put it together that's almost like new testament type of exactly, exactly. Wrong, like, you know, home churches <laughs> yeah, just like because of the culture yeah. and like also like just the way everything's built yeah mm -hmm. that's what that is yes yes it is works great in mm -hmm. that community yeah sure. and so yeah. when teams come along because we can't really do everything and touch everybody up there without teams coming. And so what you did this week is what we do every day. And you come in, join, walk alongside us, and then leave, and everything you did continues, except building the house. And uh, I used to say, and passing out the bagged food, but we have a way now here in Honduras to get that food already bagged. And uh, the guys that helped you yesterday go out and Pass it out in areas. Uh -huh. Okay, that's good. So, everything so, else continues. How many years have y'all been uh, having teams coming out here? Since the first year that we went on our own, really. Oh, yeah. really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2001 yes. or two. Yes. Mm -hmm. What were they doing back then? I imagine it's very different. Same thing. <laughs> uh, Same? Build, building houses, but uh, sure. uh, sometimes the teams would help us uh, complete more parts of our mission building. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of mm -hmm. building a house for a family, they okay. would like, help us finish the clinic or okay. help us set up a schoolroom or something mm -hmm. like that. But for the most part, we built houses. We were building 
15 houses a year at one point. Oh, wow. Um, and then... Just one a week? Yeah. Yes. Right, right. That's great. So we d I tried to design the house so that it would be easily built, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. quickly built, mm -hmm. so that the same team that started it could dedicate it. You know, mm -hmm. they started on Monday and dedicated on Friday. Yeah. Painted and, and everything. So... Um, it's been a it's been a very successful project. That's good. So how has COVID? Obviously, you haven't had many teams. Uh, so you've had two teams. We're the second team this year. Second team, yeah, since COVID, and um, it's difficult only because of the transportation. Basically, we could work mm -hmm. around pretty much yeah. every all the rest of it. Yeah, it's just, it's just the here. transportation getting back and forth, you mm -hmm. know, to the United States. Yeah. But, so how? How does uh, financially all this work? I don't, I don't know. Because I know you're doing a fundraiser. I want to ask about that so you can tell people. Um, we have donors <laughs> okay. and people who have been here that understand what we do. Mm -hmm. they, they like our organization. We're transparent. We're, mm -hmm. You can see everything, which is a major thing today mm -hmm. for uh, nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, yeah. So we have a fundraiser, but we make money with the teams, and then mm -hmm. uh, we make some a little bit off of the support for the kids. But mm -hmm. everything has um, is supported mm -hmm. already. We've always been on a cash basis. We're still on a cash basis. What does that mean? It means we don't do any credit. Okay. We okay. pay for it. We can't pay for it. We, pay we don't we do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. And uh, we're. Not a huge organization, but we've gone from 300 people up there to over 150,000. Oh, wow. So it's uh, supporters and donors and stuff? Uh, no. 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 300 yeah, residents in the area to 150,000 people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So all that you see has grown. So mm -hmm. the team pays for what it does. Mm -hmm. Everything has a supporter we've raised that but um mm -hmm. that's just the basics then yeah. nobody really wants to keep the <laughs> lights on or pay the <laughs> salaries yeah. and all that but we yeah. still have to have that yeah uh, the interesting thing is the way god has grown uh the number of churches that come down mm. because in the in the beginning years it was just acquaintances from oklahoma city where, mm -hmm. we, where we both originally came from mm -hmm. and then whoever would be on that team happened to come with their daughter who was going to college in Oklahoma mm. and then that would pass to another church in Houston mm -hmm. and then that would pass to another church in League City mm -hmm. just uh, word of mouth kind of yeah. thing we really didn't do a lot of advertising or anything mm -hmm. it was just the fact that they would have friends and they would tell their friends and their friends would get their church involved yeah. and so we we've just kind of grown that way mm -hmm. we've never had a lot of staff to do that mm -hmm. and so we've been as big as he did with what we have yeah which we're, is fun. we're non-denominational so we don't really have a, a major denomination that's mm -hmm. that's helping Behind us, us. As, uh, you know financially or anything mm -hmm. like that so it's basically you just through the power of the holy spirit and god's <laughs> yeah. hand you know that mm -hmm. that things have come together the way they have mm -hmm. So then, let me ask you about the fundraiser, because dinner's going to be sent. So, yes. <laughs> so let me ask you about this fundraiser. Okay. Uh, I only heard little bits and pieces during we lunch. We finally you, get to have another in-person fundraiser. Okay. And it's at 
um, Wild Stallion Vineyard in the Woodlands, Texas, oh, okay. o- Thursday, October 14th, okay. 6 o'clock. What we like to do is have people that know us be ambassadors for a table and bring mm-hmm. people that don't know us. Okay. And they pay for the whole table mm. and ask eight more guests to come. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice dinner. We have an auction, of course, because mm-hmm. the whole purpose is to, is to raise money. Raise money for the ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, the three years, whether we were in person or we had to go online digitally, mm-hmm. God was faithful. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping, expecting him to be this time, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're planning everything for that mm-hmm. for October. So the money from that just goes straight to the oh, ministry? Yes. How does we, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure it goes does. into the support of the whole ministry. Those yeah. The school, the operations, everything. It's focused on Hope Academy because that's the school, the education program. Hope Academy Bilingual School Mm -hmm. and Hope Academy Tutoring, Mm -hmm. Hope Academy University, Mm -hmm. and Hope Academy Preschool. We have four different sections. So Gabby, the girl that's going to the States, Mm -hmm. uh, graduated from the tutoring program went through the university program, got her degree, and now her supporters are taking her to Texas, oh, wow. to A&M, uh-huh, yeah, to get her master's that. in environmental engineering. That's so exciting. she really is a success story. Yeah. But <laughs> most of them aren't yeah. like that. If they finish high school, yay. Mm-hmm. We're not in a gang, not pregnant, yeah. didn't go in a caravan to the States, whatever. Mm-hmm. When then we, they're doing When we really first well. started our schooling program, most of the kids barely would make it through the sixth grade. And in the public school system, they couldn't even sign their own name at the end of sixth grade. Mm. So the public school system is uh, doesn't function well here. Yeah. But uh, we would take, like like Shelley, you mentioned, we took 80 kids out of the public school system and mm-hmm. started them into the private school part. And like I said, uh, we have how many in university now? We only have three there right now because okay. university is a big step uh-huh. a- after that. They but the height of it, we had five, five, five mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, going to university is a high, yeah. Mountain, yeah. high yeah. mountain for these kids. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But uh, there have been two or three that have made it all the way through. Yep. And even if they yeah. just made it through high school and the first year of college, that's so much more than they yeah. would have had. Uh-huh. And they understand the value of education now, where their grandparents who, stay, who came there in the beginning, mm-hmm. they'd have to send them out in the street to sell tortillas. Yeah. So it's a big deal. Yeah. You sure the dog barks are helping. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all right. Um, <laughs> that's really exciting. So, okay, well, um, so I was going to say that what, Y'all have done here. I've only experienced this for a week. This is my first time, of course. Right, but um, right. like the community that y'all have built yes. is one of the things that really sticks out to me a lot. Yes. Just like how well everyone knows each other, and like all the people working there, like they're locals. Like everyone knows each other, working together, Be- and doing things. Before COVID, we had 65 employees. Oh wow! And so uh, we were probably one of the larger mm-hmm. uh, uh, employers in the in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had we've had to cut back of that because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, just because the school has had to rearrange. Yeah. And uh, because 
we haven't had as many teams, which a lot of our employees were the support for that. Mm -hmm. And so we've, we've, uh, we've dropped our number of employees, but during the, all of those years, we built so many houses in that area that mm -hmm. the community all knows us, and yeah. uh, they are frequent visitors to our clinics. Mm -hmm. And so they, um, uh, it is a tight community, you know. Mm -hmm. um, we really don't even have to have telephones, you know, just tell somebody and it gets mm -hmm. to the area very quickly. That's good. Yeah, that sounds like, uh, again, just first century uh, Jesus yeah. movement. Exactly, yeah. Our yeah. programs are not why we're there. Mm -hmm. The programs allow us to uh, enter their lives, mm -hmm. whether we're educating them or building a house or feeding them or healing them. <clears throat> Those are all the avenues through which we can present the gospel mm -hmm. to them. Because we get to know them, yeah. they get to know us. Yeah, I have found that I think the best way to to approach a situation, it's like if you think someone's doing something right or something wrong, like don't just like tell them necessarily, hey, what you're doing is right, what you're doing is wrong. Just be their friend. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like being someone's friend goes exactly. a long way. It's all about relationships. <laughs> relationships. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's... Uh, I think that's the heart of the gospel, that's isn't right. it? Yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> and so no wonder it works out pretty well. That's right. In the long that's term. Right. So, uh, it's all good. If we keep focused on that, we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. All right, well, let's dinner here? Dinner's dinner here. Time for okay, dinner. let's go get some pizza. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thank Alrighty. you, Kevin. All right. Well, thank you all again. You're welcome. All righty. And with that, we have the first episode. I uh, hope you enjoyed. If you would like to help support Oak for Honduras and the work they're doing down there, or if you want to plan a mission trip with your own church uh, or whatever team you want to get with, I'll leave a link down below in the show notes to their website where you can do all that online. Uh, same thing for the fundraiser we mentioned at the end. If you want more information on that, it'll be the same link, just the first thing that shows up on their page. Uh, again, that's October 14th, 2021. Uh, and yeah, I really look forward to doing a lot more of these episodes. <laughs> I have all kinds of ideas planned, <laughs> but we'll get to those when we get to those. So for now, I hope you enjoyed uh, thank you again for listening and I hope to see you in the next one. Thank you. Bye.